Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor behind the with you for a Friday episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. I'm glad that you're spending some of your week with me. I appreciate all of my Ride or Die crew, those that are loyal, that never miss an episode. And I want to make a quick announcement before we get things started. Uh, in the coming weeks, I decided that what I wanted to do was in the second half of my Friday show, I'm going to be having a guest on from behind the steel curtain some of which you might know you might know the voices well you might not know the voices that well i want to highlight some of the other talent that we have here at behind the steel and it's going to debut today in the second half of this podcast we're going to be having maddie peverell on that's one of the blokes from down under and he's not just the touchdown under a co-host of the touchdown under podcast which is every weekend live on youtube as well as on our podcast platform on sundays but he's also the host of the war room and so i want to pick his brain not just on his show and to give you an idea as to what that show is all about but also to talk about the black and gold he has a very unique um situation we'll put it that way being in australia they don't know a lot about the nfl down there they don't know a lot about football down there believe it or not and so i'm really i'm really excited to talk with with maddie and you'll hear that in the second half of the segment uh of this podcast i should say but but before we get to that and and you'll you'll hear me talk i'm gonna have hopefully michael beck on uh dave schofield brian anthony davis uh tony defio is a possibility anyone that has their own shot i kind of want to give everyone that listens to our podcast an opportunity to get to know other podcasters and what they're bringing to the table as we get ready to expand and we'll talk about that in the coming weeks just a reminder behind the steel curtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers make sure that you check that early and often because we update it throughout the day and then wherever you get your podcasts, it doesn't matter where Pandora, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever. Search Steelers. Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow so you don't miss a thing. Oh, and by the way, a couple things. I had some listeners send me a message the other day and said, hey, we would love to ask, you know, if you want to comment on the, the podcast. Like, wh- what would you do? Like, where would you go if you had a a bone to pick with me or you want to do talk about something or Jeff, you said something that made me think of this. What, where could you go? I'll tell you where to go behind the steel curtain.com. Every single one of our podcasts is promoted in its own article. And so let's ride is just like all of our, all of our other podcasts. If you go there, you have to have, a, you have to have an account, which is free at behind the steel curtain.com. You can comment. I read every single comment on my podcast. And I will. I'd love to get into. You know, if you have a a bone to pick, you have a beef with me. That's fine. Let's hear it. I want to hear it. If you don't do Twitter, you can do it that way. If you want to hit me up on Twitter at jhartman underscore pit, I'd be glad to talk to you there as well. But there are avenues to communicate with me about the show in case you didn't know it. In case you didn't know. It. All right, let's get this thing started today. I'm not having. It's not not as big of a beef. I feel like I've said that a lot so far today. I, I'm not. I don't have the issue that I did on Wednesday. Wednesday was all about the what I felt were bogus reports about Kevin Dotson, the young offensive guard, and him being out of shape and him being not in the good graces with the coaching staff and all of that stuff. 
not really going that route on this Friday. In the first half of the show, I wanted to talk about how I was looking at the Steelers roster the other day, and the one thing that I couldn't get through my, I couldn't get over this was, oh my gosh, at certain positions, the Steelers are scary young, scary young. And that's why the title of this podcast is the Steelers are going to have to be reliant on the youth of this team. And that's both exciting and also frightening. It's exciting because you are seeing the future right in front of your very eyes. It's frightening based on the fact that this is unproven talent. And unproven talent is its exactly that. It's just there's no one no one. No one knows. No one knows. And so then you have the I, when I was a coach, I hated this word. Hated it. Parents, uh, media, you know, our local newspapers and stuff, they'd say, Coach, looks like your lacrosse team has a ton of potential this year. Tons of potential with returning players, et cetera, et cetera. I would say, oh, I hate that word, potential. To me, the word potential is almost like it's it's almost like a cancerous cell. And it can multiply. It can multiply because people start to think, oh, wow, you know, we have so much potential, and we're going to be so good, and then they don't work. Some of these position groups that we're going to talk about with the Steelers have a lot of potential. That dreaded P word, yes, indeed, a lot of potential. But the one thing I want to focus on when I go through offense and defense in this first half of this podcast, I want you to think about and realize, especially on offense, holy cow, there are some positions where you're thinking, wow, this is a lot of players that are in their first rookie contracts. That's what I did. They're in their first contract in the National Football League as a professional. So that's years one through four, unless you're talking about someone like TJ Watt, who's in the fifth year option. It's a little bit different in that case because he's a first round draft pick, but you all know that. So let's start on the offense because the offense is much younger than the defense. Everyone should kind of have, get, have, a, have a feel for that already, but still look at the wide receivers. Okay. Look at the wide receivers, the wide receiver group. In no particular order, you have Chase Claypool. You have Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Ray Ray McLeod, Juju Smith-Schuster. Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, all three of them still on their rookie contracts. Claypool in year two, DJ in year three. Washington is in the final year of his rookie deal. Now, Ray Ray McLeod is still a young player. He's just not on his rookie deal anymore based on the fact that he did not stay with the team that drafted him or that he started his career with. Juju Smith-Schuster is just in the first year of a contract outside of his rookie year. So he's even a really young player still. And I'm talking about years of experience, not just years of age, because Juju is clearly a very young player in that regard too. Then you have the tight end group. Okay, so you have Eric Ebron. He's a veteran. Then you have Pat Fryermuth, rookie Zach Gentry, he's coming into year three, was a draft pick. If we assume those are the three that are vying for spots, two-thirds are on their rookie deals. One of them is a rookie. You go to center. We don't know who the center is going to be. It's probably between three players. B.J. Finney, Kendrick Green, J.C. Hassenauer. And so when you're looking at these three players, Kendrick Green's a rookie. Finney, he's bounced around. He's been He's, he's a veteran now. And Hassenauer, again, Similar to Ray Ray McLeod has kind of been in that. We've never really stuck around the place too long. So there you have the center group. But if Green is the starter, if Green wins that job, that's another young player. Another young player that will see significant snaps. You go to guard, it's, it's a little bit different there. 
based on the fact that Kevin Dotson's going into year two, so he's obviously a young player. Trey Turner, who was just signed, is going to replace David DeCastro. He's a veteran. Coward is a a player that was switched from offensive line to from, sorry from defensive line to offensive line with the Chicago Bears, and then Finney or Green or even Hassenauer, whoever doesn't win the center job will probably also be depth at guard. Then offensive tackle Chuks Okorafor is still under his rookie deal. Uh, rookie DJ Moore, can he beat out Joe Haig, the veteran Joe Haig, and be the swing tackle for the Steelers in 2021? And Zach Banner, he has bounced around the league as well, but he's still a relatively young player as well. And then running back, you thought wide receiver was young? Running back says, hold my beer. Running back, Najee Harris, rookie, Benny Snell, he's in the in the waning years, the third year of his rookie deal. Anthony McFarland, year two. Jalen Samuels in the final year of his rookie contract. And that's it. I mean, you can talk about um, Ballage. He's bounced around the league a little bit. Trey Edmonds. But when we're talking about the running backs, we're all pretty much assuming the same four players. That couldn't change. I could see Samuels not making the team or maybe uh, Snell not making the team or being traded possibly. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but it could. And so when I look at this, holy cow, look at this, what I just talked about. And then quarterback. I, I can't believe I forgot the quarterback. Ben is obviously, Ben Roethlisberger's been in the league for going, this is year 18 for Ben Roethlisberger. But Mason Rudolph, he's still in his rookie contract deal. He did get that extension, but he's still in his rookie contract. And Dwayne Haskins has only been in the league for a couple years. He's still extremely young. The Steelers hope they don't have to see those players because they hope Roethlisberger plays and plays well. But when you look at positions like wide receiver, tight end, running back, those are so that young, young, young. The youth on that on on those positions is to me it's unparalleled. You have a running back group that has no one, no one that is in their second contract in the National Football League. Some might say that's good. You get youth in there, you have the excitement, the exuberance. Some might say that's a bad thing. Some might say, well, you know what, you're also having, you're lacking leadership. So when James Conner left in free agency, it left a gaping hole in that regard. But let's go to the defensive side, enough of the offense. The defense, like I said, is is different. They have more players that are considered veterans that are in their second, sometimes third contracts in the National Football League. Let's start with cornerbacks. You have Joe Hayden, longtime veteran. Cam Sutton coming into his second contract, just got signed. James Pierre, Justin Lane, Trey Norwood, if you want to call him a cornerback or a safety, doesn't matter, he's a rookie. And then you have Arthur Millette, he's still out there as well. And, and I just want to make something very clear. If you're someone that knows every single player on the 90-man roster, you're probably sitting there thinking, well, Jeff, you're missing. Uh, there's there's some undrafted guy that could be a guard. Maybe, maybe. I'm not, I didn't look at the all 90 players and write down all of them. I just didn't. Okay, so um, I'm writing down the, the household names. We'll put it that way. So Arthur Millette rounds it out, but he's also he's been around the league. He started with the Jets, now he's with the Steelers. But still, cornerback, when you look at James Pierre, Justin Lane, uh, Trey Norwood, three players that are still either rookies or on their first contracts in the National Football League. You go to safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds. They're in the fourth year of their rookie contracts. Millette can slide over to safety. Miles Killebrew could be considered a safety. You go to Antoine Brooks Jr. as a second-year player. He is certainly someone that's in the rookie year. Safety, when you look at it from top to bottom, is a younger position for the Steelers. 
younger position. Do they keep Edmonds because they didn't pick up his, his option? They picked up Fitzpatrick's option. What what happens there? I don't know, but for 2021, safety is pretty young. You had an outside linebacker. Outside linebacker, you have TJ Watt. I put him at... He's still technically under, I guess, his first contract based on the, even though they picked up his fifth year option. Alex Highsmith in year two. Quincy Roche's a rookie. Cassius Marsh has been on eight teams in seven years. So he's the only veteran in that group right now. And if they sign someone else, whether it's Melvin Ingram or Justin Houston or someone else that might get cut from another team, well, that's a different story altogether. They're not going to fall into this category, but outside linebacker is very young for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Inside linebacker, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, Vince Williams, Ulysses Gilbert III, Buddy Johnson. I said how Killebrew, Miles Killebrew could also be considered a linebacker. You're looking at UG3, Buddy Johnson, Bush. They're all in their first contract. Spillane has bounced around, but he's a young player as well. And they're going to rely on a lot of these players for a lot of things. You hope that Buddy Johnson is a player that, you know, you hope that Buddy Johnson doesn't get called into inside linebacker duty. You hope that he just plays special teams. Uh, you hope that Ulysses Gilbert III can stay healthy to even be considered a possibility for the Steelers. That's the hope. Will it happen? Will it come to fruition? I'm not sure. We'll see. And then the defensive line, Isaiah Bugs, Cam Hayward, Carlos Davis, Henry Mondo, Stefan Tuitt, Chris Wormley, Tyson Alulu, and Isaiah Loudermilk. Isaiah Loudermilk's a rookie. Uh... Carlos Davis, second year. Isaiah Bugs, third year. We know that Hayward, too, at Wormley, Alulu, they're all veterans. That, that's probably the most veteran group on the entire Steelers roster. And then Henry Mondeau, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy who's undrafted, and he's been with the Steelers. He's been with the Steelers. And then even if you think about punting and special the, the special teams aspect of things, uh, if, if, if I, I hope, I want to say when, not if Jordan Berry gets cut, but when Jordan Berry gets cut and you have Presley Harvin the third taking over, that's a rookie. And so when let's look at this from a from an entire standing, we're looking at the whole picture here. We're stepping back, look at the whole picture. When I look at the whole picture, I see a group that it does have a lot of veterans infused into it on both sides of the ball. So when you look at Ben Roethlisberger, he's the clear leader. You look at Juju Smith-Schuster and the wide receivers. You look at Eric Ebron. Uh, you look at B.J. Finney along the offensive line. Trey Turner will probably be called upon to use his experience and his, have value there for the Steelers. Zach Banner at tackle. And then running backs, I would assume that it would be Nashi Harris. Why not? Even though he's a rookie, the kid's a stud. Unless he goes out and falls flat on his face, I think he's going to be a leader of that group. And then on defense, you have Joe Hayden. You have Minka Fitzpatrick. You've got TJ Watt. Uh, you have Vince Williams, at inside linebacker, or Devin Bush. You've got Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt. The Steelers do have veteran leadership. They do have a veteran presence. But the problem is, is can the young players step up? Can they step up to the task? Can they step up to the plate? And can they perform when it matters the most? If the Steelers can get that type of production from these young players in 2021, they will be extremely competitive. Now, I did not say that they're going to win every game. I did not say they're going to start 11-0. I did not even say they're going to win in week one in Buffalo. But if they can get those type of contributions from this these young players, because remember, I said it's exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting to see some of these young players and see, okay, how does Najee Harris do? What about Anthony McFarland? 
Is Chase Claypool going to take that huge step in year two? What about Deontay Johnson coming off of that season where he was ridiculed for dropping so many passes? And on defense, what about Cam Sutton, James Pierre? What's his role going to be? Uh, Alex Highsmith, is he going to make us forget about Bud Dupree and say he's just playing lights out? Uh, Devin Bush coming off an ACL. All these players, they, they just have to go out, and can they step up their game? Can they step up their game? That's the frightening part. It's exciting, but the frightening part is what if they don't? What if they don't step up their game? Then what? Then what happens? That's, that's I guess, you know, it's just part of it. That's just part of it. So it's not something that's unique to the Steelers. Every team has roster turnover. And so now you're looking at the, the Steelers and you're saying, okay, what is this going to look like? Are they going to be able to get it done? We'll see. Training camp's coming up at the end of the month. Now that we're officially in the month of July, it's exciting to talk about that. And we're going to have a lot of stuff for you behind the steel curtain on our podcast platform to get you geared up. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. Coming back from the break, I'll be joined by one Matty Peverell to talk about not only his experience of being a Steeler fan in a foreign country, but also I want to get his thoughts on the youth of the team and his overall thoughts about the upcoming season. So we'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Harbin, and joining me is a guy on the other side of the planet at 5.30 in the morning. I can't believe the dedication is unrivaled. It's Maddie Pever. What's up, Maddie? How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, Jeff. It's awesome to be joining you on Let's Ride and all the lit, all your ride or die crew. And yeah, I mean, we're, I think we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a fan on the other side of the world. But believe it or not, this is not the earliest time I would wake up for something related to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, let's let's talk about that first. I'm always curious, you know, when you have fans that are not in the continental United States or even North America for that matter, like, you know, Michael Beck is a Canadian. Um, they're, they're pretty much similar, but couple hours behind where he is but still tell us a, a one o'clock kickoff you're what are you doing to watch that game well that's it like it's you're pretty much and so it's interesting so obviously my co-host on Steelers touching under mark davison you know sometimes he'll wake up directly at this at, the, at that time and he's got a bit more of a flexible work schedule but you know for me i'm like 1 a.m in the morning is a 3 a.m or 1 p.m kickoff is like a 3 a.m um wake up for me so often what i will actually do given how many ads are played through the first quarter i actually sort of stay asleep for an extra half hour and then i can sort of skip through all the different ad breaks through the game and then i kind of catch up at the end so i have to you know have things like the btse slack channel on mute and i have to you know be <laughs> quiet from all the other steals fans that i know on different social stay media off of twitter and, stay off of twitter <laughs> yeah exactly i have to stay off twitter and stuff like that but yeah so it's, it's a very different experience so you know basically whether it's the 1 p.m kickoff or it's a later kickoff i'm generally having you know most people when you're sitting there in sunday it's sunday football you're having the different you know snacks and wings or whatever it is that you're having a, you know family barbecue whatever that is I'm having breakfast. I'm having like, you know, <laughs> bacon and eggs on toast or, you know, it's a, um, you know, might even just be breakfast cereal or what have you. And sometimes I'm, I'm watching while I'm trying to get ready for work. If I, if I, if I've got to go into the office. So it's a very different experience from that perspective, but then at the same time, 
it's really cool from the perspective of when you have like a Thursday night game, for example, that's Friday lunchtime for us. So mm. when you are, you know, back before sort of the COVID sort of times, a lot of a thing in Australia where it's not a busy Friday, you will go to a pub or a, a bar with a lot of your workmates. And so you could go watch that and have that on in the background. So you're able to sort of have a bit of that passion and share that with some workmates, which is a bit different. Although when you are an international fan, and you are, you know, someone that's, you know, part of BTSC and what have you, the knowledge that you've got versus the knowledge of what, you know, the casual Australian NFL fan is, is very different. So you find yourself just explaining, explaining things constantly. So it's a very different experience um, on the other side of the world. But I guess it just sort of makes you crazier as a fan. I think one of the things we always like to say is that we're, even though we're 14 to 15 hours ahead in the future, when you look at it, a lot of the breaking news that happens around the NFL happens at like 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. our time. So we don't hear about that until we wake up. So we kind of feel like we're a day behind, even though we're actually a day ahead. So it can be a very <laughs> surreal experience sometimes. Well, what is the general knowledge base of a, a, a typical Australian when it comes to the NFL. And I, I there, we know there's NFL fans, you and Mark are, are great examples of, of understanding the game, having a good foundation of knowledge about the game of football, but the average Australian, what would you say that that knowledge base is? Are we talking about diehard Steeler fan level of knowledge? Or are we talking about the, you know, new England Patriot fan that grew up a, only seeing Super Bowls and doesn't know Jack squat. Like where, where are we on this spectrum? <laughs> well, that's a perfect analogy there. I think it's kind of like there's two. It's it, for me, my experience has been two demographics, um, and then a little bit in between. So for Mark and my demographic, it's and so where where I think he's 32, I'm 30. You know, for us and amongst sports fans that I know and a lot of my mates, most people have an NFL team, and people are pretty knowledgeable as well. We've got the advantage of, and I think we can talk potentially a little bit more about it, but Madden. You know, for all of the thing, all the criticism it gets as a game, and it's not perfect, and people go, "That's not real fandom." But Madden's marketing of NFL football globally should not be underestimated because, for us, when we were sort of getting to that, you know, 12, 10 to thirteen years old, Madden, and I think it was Madden O two, went super popular here. Like, I feel like everyone had that on PlayStation One or Madden, and definitely Madden O four. Everyone had that on PlayStation Two, and. Whereas my dad's generation, my dad's a Washington football team supporter. That generation sort of knows about it, but they're not as into it as what we are. But sort of the five to 10, year, 10 years older than Mark and I, they're, they're, those fans are the typical sort of Patriot fan that you talked about. And funnily enough, I would suggest that around 50% of Australian fans are Patriot fans for that very reason. There are Patriot jerseys everywhere all the time. It's very frustrating. They don't know, you know, apart from Tom Brady, they don't know any other player. If you ask them who Bill Belichick was, they'd probably say he was the owner, not, you know, not the coach. So, you know, you know, like Robert Kraft and, you know, you'd give all those jokes about, you know, his little uh, episode down in Miami in that limousine and they're like blows straight over the head. They're like, who are you talking about? So yeah, it's kind of everything in between, but you know, we've had a few Australians play in the NFL now over a period of time. Most of them have been in that on that punting side. So, I, I mean, you had the Jared <laughs> Hayne, you had the Jared Hayne situation, and I don't know if many Americans know this, but he's had a lot of civil suits for sexual assault over in the US, and he's actually been jailed here for it since he got back. So that's had a lot of notoriety to it. But I think for the most fans, 
uh, of the NFL here, we can appreciate what that what that is. But for the average Australian sports fan, they see it as a sport that goes for three and a half hours with big action plays. But is it really worth my time to spend three and a half hours watching it? But that's their loss. Very, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Uh, I do want to talk with you and I could probably spend an hour asking you questions about what it's like to be in a foreign country and, um, and you haven't explained football, but I'm not going to do that. You do a show, obviously the touchdown under everyone that follows our podcast platform, our YouTube channel knows about that show. It's great. You and Mark have a great rapport, but you do a solo show. And I say this based on the fact that we are putting out a lot of content now on the podcast side. And there are some people that probably are scrolling through their phone and Apple podcasts and they see, uh, what is this war room? They, They don't know what it is and they might not give it a shot. And I understand that. What, what, what kind of was the ignition for you to do your own show and what's the war room all about? So the people that are listening to this might check it out. Not only last this past week's, which I listened to is very good show. Well, but also next week and the rest of the season. Yeah. So I guess the basis of that is that's, um, I think both yourself, Dave Schofield and particularly Brian have allowed me to really indulge in what I love about being a fan um, and, and the things that, and what I love about bringing some of the different skills that I have on a professional side into, into a podcast that's basically focused on how do we tool up this team? Is it, how do we manage that salary cap? How do, how are we developing players? How are we bringing players in through the draft process? And, I, and so we sort of put this in, um, obviously this is my sort of first 12 months with BTSC and we wanted to put this in as we went into free agency sort of after the season ended. We wanted to put it in where I could preview draft picks because Brian started seeing, uh, we were having these chats and uh, the knowledge that I had from it. And I sort of told him, well, look, Brian, I got banned from playing, you know, fantasy football with my mates a few years ago because I would just do really well out of the draft and they didn't think it was fair. So I'm serving a three-year ban for that. And <laughs> And so he said, oh, okay. And then and I think he sort of was like, oh, well, let's see how this goes. But then I think, and, you know, I don't like to, to gloat or anything like it, but, you know, I was able to predict a fit of Quincy Roche. I was able to predict Pratt Freemuth. And then a couple of weeks before the draft, I saw some hype building around Kendrick Green. And then, so I chose to include him on the show, right, before, that we did the the, the war room, um, which for some people who didn't listen to it, it was the cap room to start with when it was more free agency focused, but we're sticking with war room. Uh, and then I was able to sort of talk around Kendrick Green and what a fit he was. And then lo and behold, Steele's passed up on two O-linemen in the first two rounds of the draft. And then they picked Kendrick Green and suddenly I look like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, but no, I think it, for me, it's a show that has said it. It, it puts you in the minds, and I always say this, of, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, what are they doing to construct the roster? And I try and it's got a bit of the some stats, not, not as much as your stat geek. It's got a lot of your, you know, draft picks and prospects, a little bit like your curtain call. And then it's just a having a play with what are the things that we need to think in mind amongst all of that? And what are the opportunities for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And what are the things that must be floating through that room? And the great thing is that's not just an off-season off-season show. That's a that's an in-season show because things change. The NFL changes. People have injuries that force them to retire, as we've seen with David Castro. There's prospects that will start out the season in college football, and everyone can be really high on them. And then by mid-season, they might have an injury or the the, the plays dropped off the radar. And I think that's the really cool part of the show is it just sort of allows me to play. What would I be like as that GM in that room? And what what are the things that we should be thinking about? And I think it's certainly open, doing the show has opened my eyes up even more to just how complex a job 
the Steelers organization has to get a, t- a winning team on that field. It is a unique show. I can't stress that enough. I and mean, when you think about our lineup, like you said, the stat geek, Dave is just diving into numbers galore. The live Mike, you know, Michael's very analytical in a lot of different ways. He loves lists and rankings and things like that. I'm really the only show that doesn't really have any real direction. I just do whatever I kind of want three days a week, but your show is unique and that's the the key factor there. And so if you've ever thought about listening to the war room, give it a shot. You're going to love it. I guarantee it. But I don't want to waste all the time being like promotional stuff. I want to talk about this upcoming team. Maddie yeah. Peverell is someone that I've communicated on our Slack channel a bunch. And I got to be honest, he is not a Homer. He's calling it straight. He's, he may sit there and hope the Steelers do well, but if he really thinks they're not going to do well, he's going to tell you. And so for all the listeners out there that might not know what Matt brings to the table, that's it. So I want to ask you just in very general terms, what do you think about this roster, the way it sits right now, heading into 2021? Are you confident? Are you nah, gritting your teeth saying this could be really badly? What's your, where are you sitting right now with a month until training camp starts? Uh, yeah, and I think you put it there. Like, I'm someone that hopes for the best, but is prepared to expect the worst. I'm quite a realist in that in that sense. I do honestly think this is a team that's going to go nine and eight, maybe eleven and you know eleven and six, uh, somewhere in that mark. And I'm not afraid of that. And and Mark and I have talked about this a little bit before. Is we can have a team that goes fifteen and two if we like, but if they don't know how to respond to a loss or they don't know how to respond to adversity then come the playoffs, we're not going to go very far. And I think to a degree, you saw that last year. You saw the 11 wins. Yes, we finished 12 and four. You know, we're out straight away in that Browns playoff. And there are things that happen in any any individual game that are outside of a season. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, would I would I like the Steelers to go 17 and 0 and then win, you know, all the playoffs? 100% I would. But it's just the realism of that. It's, it's not going to happen. When you come to this roster, I mean, outside of, and it depends whether you're a critic or you're or you're a homer uh, when it comes to Big Ben. But the talent across that receiving core, the talent across the tight end room now between Ebron and Pat Freemuth, you know, and really from there, we just need a blocking tight end or, you know, if we're going to have a proper fullback on the field. The running back room as well. I mean, you know, you bring in a guy like Najee Harris and then you've got backups with the potential of, you know, of McFarland. You know, Snell is not the worst running back in you know in the nfl so even there if he's our third stringer then fine and then really what you you don't want to be playing your fourth string um you know running back out outside of that so from an offensive perspective particularly that wide receiving core i'm really excited and with that with the o-line that's been talked about so much in the last week it's clearly run focused and so it should be i think if we sat there and we filled that role with a pass protector then it's like okay ben's going to come back he's going to have to throw you know, 50, you know, on average, you know, 50 passes a game, this isn't going to work out well. So I'm optimistic if they actually are going to run the football and they're able to run the football and it works with Matt Canada's um, offense. From a defensive perspective, I mean, I think we're incredibly lucky in what we have, um, you know, across that defensive line, that linebacking unit, the experience there. I mean, the ability to keep Spillane, bring back Vince Williams, get a developmental player like Buddy Johnson in there and have Bush return, I think is fantastic. I the, the big question for me is the depth in the secondary, but geez, I you know in my time as a Steelers fan, I can't recall us ever having so many young, really good prospects that you know might have had injuries in college or you know might have had a down year, but have put things on paper that have showed promise. So I'm excited about the team, but 
I think they'll take a little while to gel together. I don't necessarily think you'll see big stretches of four or five wins in the row. It might be two or three loss, two or three loss. So, yeah, but, I mean, for Pittsburgh Steel fans, you just got to be in the playoffs. You're in the playoffs, you're in it to win it. I like how you said that the Steelers could potentially lose more games and, and kind of be more, more battle-tested is the word I think of when, you yeah. know, you're responding to a loss, responding to – issues that might pop up, which we know will happen like injuries and things of that nature. Let me ask you this question before I let you go out of the rookie class, which rookie not named Najee Harris. Do you think will have the biggest impact in 2021? I'll say it again. Which rookie not named Najee Harris will have the biggest impact on the team this season? Who you got? You'd love me to say Presley Harvin because <laughs> he'll improve the he'll improve the punting average. Yeah, um, big or press. kick our special special team play. Um, I think it's going to be Kendrick Green, and I'd love to say Pat Freemuth as well. But if you look at, and this is the thing, is that you might see more splash plays out of a out of a Freemuth. You know, I think I'm interested to see what Dan Moore Jr. can do. But when it comes down to it, we need help on that O line. We lost, you know, Pouncey last year. Kendrick Green is going to be that guy. I mean, this is the thing. I before I previewed him in that in that episode and I'd invite people to go back and even have a listen to that, you know, right before the draft. I, I was watching tape on him. I heard his name pop up very briefly, um, you know, in, in one of the shows on the NFL with uh, DJ and, and Bucky. And it was just quickly, he was quickly spoken about. And the only reason I thought he'd be a fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers is I went and started watching his tape. And I saw that he had this versatility of guard and I saw what he was doing and I saw when he moved to center, the holes he was opening up and just the manhandling that he has at his height of 6'2". And I just, like, he's a, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers. So I just hope that he is able to be given the time and is able to be, you know, successful when it comes to snapping the ball in the preseason because, by gosh, I think he is going to have a smoother transition than what we saw from Kevin Dotson last year. And for me, that's the impact is going to be shown in other people's stats. It's going to be shown in the time yeah. that it's got to throw the ball, the holes that Najee has to run through. And, you know, it's going to be one of those selfless contributions in the Steelers fans. And for the the guys like, you know, that, you know, love watching that O-line player, like, you know, Dave Schofield or Jeffrey Benedict or Michael Beck, they're going to sit there and go, who we love this guy. They're, you know, they're going to be raving about him come mid-season. So, yeah, I'm excited for Kendrick Green. Real quick, you think he starts week one, Kendrick Green? At center? If there's an injury or a niggling injury to someone else on the line, I and this is the thing about starting, I d- definitely could see you sort of saying, all right, sit on the sideline for, you know, the first quarter or the first half and then bring him in from there. Um, I think it will require an injury from someone, but I think by week three, he's he's definitely right. a starter. All right, Maddie, thank you for joining me. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media, Twitter, wherever else you have your social media channels? Yeah, definitely. So... You can find me on Twitter at, at Matt Pev. So that's M-A-T-T-P-E-V. Uh, I'm also, you know, obviously across the BTSC, you know, different social media channels as well. For everything Steelers, it's best to tweet at me. You can obviously find War Room as you can with BTSC across any of your preferred, you know, podcast platforms, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, um, Luminary. I think I've probably forgot one out of there, Jeff, but, and occasionally I write a few articles for the website, but it's been a little while now when I get up some free time, but look, it's awesome always to be able to talk Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's with you here right now, whether it's across our different podcasts or YouTube shows and yeah, fans get excited because this year, this year is going to be great. Absolutely. All right, Matt. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it, my man. 
My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. I want to thank Maddie Peverell for joining me. I do want to do a heart-to-heart here to finish out the show. It's not going to be a long one. Everyone that's in the United States, the continental United States, this weekend is a big weekend for us. The red, white, and blue, the United States of America celebrates our Independence Day. And it's something to celebrate, for sure. And I just wanted to say that during this holiday, every single year, I find that I am extremely thankful for a lot of things. I'm extremely thankful for all the men and women in our military. I'm extremely thankful for all the people that are serving our communities in some way, shape, or form, whether you're school teachers, nurses, doctors, police officers, like my two cousins who are firefighters and paramedics, um, my nephew who's in the United States Marine Corps now. He just got promoted, which is congratulations to him. Um, I hope that everyone can sit back and realize how great it is. And our country is not perfect. <laughs> no way, shape, or form is our country perfect. I don't think anyone would suggest that. However, I think that we can all sit back and say, how great is it that here in this country, we can have, you know, when you think about what our lives consist of, the game of football can be a pretty big part of that. And it can be fun. And it's something that can bring people together. It's something that I never thought would happen with my podcast here, but the fact that I have listeners from really all over the world. Uh, we've got people a lot in England and Australia, and I've I've had heard from people in Germany, and uh, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. All brought together by the game of football, which just happens to be, I think, the United States' new national pastime. The NFL dominates everything. So on this weekend, if you're not in the United States, sit back and say, you know what, it's pretty cool that social media and the internet and podcasts and everything can really bring an entire fan base together. That's pretty cool. If you're in the United States, I want you to say a a quick positive thought or a prayer thanking everyone that's done something to help keep us safe, to keep us free, to retain the independence that we have. It's something that shouldn't be taken for granted. I know, it's a little bit short, but that's my heart-to-heart for this week. Folks, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope that you're safe. I say it all the time, but this is an important one. Hey, with the fireworks, back off of those things before they go off. Trust me. No, I'm not saying... Well, asked, uh, what is his name? The the linebacker down in Tampa Bay, Pierre Paul, I think is his name. He blew off part of his hand with fireworks. Be careful, okay? Be careful. Celebrate responsibly. All right, folks, you know how we ended here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll be back here on Monday talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Take it easy. We'll see you.